souls at sundown get advice and tunes when you don't even know what to freaking do souls at sundown keeps it fresh and new every other friday with megan hughes hello friends and welcome back to souls at sundown this is episode 67 and today i am going to be focusing on toxic relationships of all kinds, maybe focusing a bit on abusive relationships um, and just how to identify when you're in a toxic relationship, how to get out of it, and how to move on, truly. So we're going to be covering all of those topics today. I just wanted to say at the beginning of this that I need to put in a trigger warning. You know, if this is a triggering topic to you or people in the car with you or around you when you're listening, just be mindful and maybe don't listen to it or do it in your own time or, you know, just give yourself time and then come back to the episode if you can't handle it all right now. Because I am going to be sharing some first account stories from people who have been through this as I have not really had a personal, like, I'm so in love with this very toxic individual relationship, you know? Um, My relationship now is very healthy and happy and we love each other so much and it's not like what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, Not to kind of like compare it in an annoying way, but just like a, hey, I haven't been through this kind of like committed toxic relationship kind of stuff. So that's why I got a bunch of like just responses across my DMs from Instagram and Twitter. So thank you so much to those of you who reached out and said that you wanted to help other people and give your situation to me to use. I'm obviously not going to be saying names, um, but I will be sharing just similar things across all situations. But before we get into this, I wanted to say that although I have not been in a very like toxic committed relationship, I have been in toxic flings with people and just involved with people in general. And I truly think that, you know, toxic relationships, it doesn't just happen with like a sexual relationship. Obviously you can have toxic friendships and the like. (laughs) Um, So I wrote down a couple of just accounts and like bullet points about people that I was involved with and things that they did where I was just like, oh damn, that's a real red flag. And I'm so happy that I moved on. So this first individual um, really just only cared about me when it was like convenient for him, you know? Uh, He just excessively ignored me, avoided me, and I truly just like got this sign so many times like, you just don't fucking care. You don't care about me. I don't know why I care so much about you if it's not reciprocated, you know? But um, Shan Boudram, who is a YouTuber under the name Shan Booty, I love her so much. And she says, nothing makes an addiction like an inconsistent reward, you know? Like gambling is built off of that ideal <laughs> that if you, you know, put in more time or more effort and they're giving you something inconsistent back, it just creates this addiction. You become so addicted to that person. So that was kind of a little bit um, of my situation with him. Also, another individual that was very toxic to my life in high school um, just completely led me on so many times, um, was committed to someone else, but would always like flirt with me and do weird red flag things when he was, you know, in a relationship and then broke up with her and was like, I did this for you, basically. Like, let's get together all this. And I was like, I didn't ask you to do that, dude. No, like (laughs) what? And then the next week he just like got back together with her. And that was just a whole red flag moment in itself. I've told a lot of these stories in my like fuck boys story time video that I uploaded to my channel. Um, but yeah, I mean, fuck boys are just toxic people. <laughs> They're just, they don't know how to handle their emotions and they just love to play with you. So yeah, I wasted a lot of time on that fellow because of the inconsistent reward that I was just talking about. You know, it was so sporadic, but his attention was like truly what I did want. Um, but it was just so, so annoying to deal with. At one point I was just like, leave me the fuck alone, (laughs) please. I actually did that with all of these people. at some point because you just have to tell them like, no, I'm not going to put up with this anymore, you know? Um, Another situation was kind of like a fuck buddy situation that I was in. I truly think that when you are even in just like a non-committed fuck buddy situation, they at least 
have to respect you, respect your boundaries, respect you as a person. You have to trust them at least a little bit with your body and mind and emotions, you know? And in this situation, I just could not do that because at the end of the day, like I was just a piece of meat to him. He did not respect me in the slightest. He really only pretended to care about me or would just like leave me always kind of like wanting more. Um, And then would also only really pretend to care about me because he was getting something in return because we were fuck buddies, you know? So he would like trap me in with that and then like not be there for me if I needed anything other than sex, you know? Which is just really annoying. He also kind of a red flag would only ever reply back to like my Snapchats and Instagram stories and stuff like that with like really sleazy or gross things that I was just like, please stop. And actually when I got with Finley, um, he was still doing that. And I had like closed the door with him months before that. So I had to tell him like, please leave me alone. I need you to know how uncomfortable these comments make me. Um, And then another situation, this was with a man who was a bit older than me. And he totally just was a master manipulator. Um, He would manipulate me into sex with the kind of rhetoric, like, you're such a tease. And because I was personally benefiting from being a friend to him in like social situations, just basically the scenario was like, I would be able to be underage and get into a club that he worked for and get my friends into it. And he would like treat us with all of these nice things, you know, bottle service, all that shit. Um, And then in turn, he would manipulate me into basically telling me that like I owed him sex because of what he would do in social situations, (laughs) which was just like, not the type of payback that I was obviously looking to give him. I'm like, you're just a nice guy, right? Like, you're just my friend. You're just doing this because you're my friend. But no, he was not my friend. He was looking to do that um, for, you know, sexual pleasures, which was just so, so disturbing to me. Um, and then the last scenario was just another situation with actually just a friend who I believed that like, he really liked me because he would lead me on. And it was always when he was drunk, he only ever really flirted with me when he was drunk. But at the same time, he would always disrespect me when he was drunk. So it was this really back and forth of just like, oh, he likes me, but then he does all of this dumb shit all the time. And at the end of the day, he was just an addict who really needed me as a friend to like ground him and help him. But he only got help once I was like, yo, I'm not your fucking friend anymore. Okay, like leave me alone, (laughs) please. We cannot be continuing this because you are draining me, my dude. And then he finally like got help and is sober now, which is just fantastic to hear and see. So yeah, um, those are just some brief bullet points about a handful of just manipulative, toxic, narcissistic men I have been with in the past. Um, And I'm so happy that I did not continue to see any of those individuals further and had the, you know, decency to just be like, fuck off, fuck out of my life. (laughs) Um, And I think that it's really hard to recognize that and actually make the like cutoff point of, hey, stop fucking hitting me up. But I truly do think that if you're not being treated with respect, kindness, care, trust, all of the good things, it's just not worth your time, you know? So that's my two cents on that. But now I'm going to play an audio clip from Shan Boudram, who I mentioned briefly at the beginning of this episode. Um, I think that she can put my thoughts into words <laughs> so much easier than I can. And I truly just wish that I heard this when I was in these similar situations, like the ones I just told you about. I wish I had this advice. So the audio clip I'm going to be playing you is from an advice question response that she got back to in her one of her newest videos called Sis, You're an Addict. And basically, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you need to hear it, here you go. This is Shan Boudram. She's a amazing sexologist, author, everything good in the world. Please go and subscribe to her on YouTube and buy her new book. So this is one that we can all nod along to. She got sexually involved with somebody who was narcissistic or just not fully developed emotionally yet. And as a result, this individual did not properly 
promise commitment, but has kept her around on a string and uses her for sexual benefits once in a while and confuses her, but ultimately does not treat her like the kind of person that she sees herself as and does not treat her with respect or with a consideration for her feelings. Um, you're addicted, you're 21 years old, this is your first real connection as you just said, and as a result of that, you have created a pair bond with somebody who is toxic for you. And this individual also may have some semblance of addiction to you, but right now they don't prioritize partnership, they don't know how to show up for somebody uh, in a healthy, responsible way when there is an intimate connection, and as a result, they're being a dick because they're all over the place, they don't understand themselves. And you are being a mess because you're all over the place, you don't understand yourself. You just have to pull back. You have to like be stronger than your desires, acknowledge the fact that there's nothing in this for you because there isn't, and your ego has now gotten involved, which has made it even worse for you. Cut your ties, cut your losses, don't try to be friends with somebody who is not friendly towards you, somebody who wouldn't, to your point, walk you to a train station at night. Don't try to keep ties or be cordial, don't care if he likes you anymore, don't care if you're still cool, it doesn't matter. This person at this time is not worth your energy and you are only going to continue to overinvest. And I often use the slot machine um, analogy. You are the person at the casino who has put 100,000 coins in the machine, and instead of realizing you ain't never gonna get the payout, you just keep on going. And I wanna know how much more money you're willing to waste before you just get up and go. This is your get up and go moment. Go. Okay, when I am telling you that that response truly spoke to me, <laughs> it spoke to my soul, my dudes. I am not kidding on that. Like, she basically addressed my fuck buddy situation that I gave you guys at the beginning of this podcast. You know, um, the tale I told was way too similar to that. And that's why she said before she gave the response, this is something we can all nod our heads to because like we have all been here. Am I right? So I just love the way that she ended that of being like, this is your get up and go moment go. <laughs> uh, because you truly like need that push sometimes. So if that was your push, whew, there you go. Okay. Um, but now I'm going to play a song. This song is called Insecurities by Sid. Sid is the lead singer of the band The Internet and I love her. I think that this song is really just about like having a really toxic partner and knowing that they were really bad for them, but also just writing about the fact that they, they couldn't leave in the moment. But um, yeah, She's great. I hope you enjoyed this song and can relate. You can thank my insecurities for keeping me around you, babe. I pack my bags but never leave cause it's so hard to walk away. You know I love you, girl. Maybe more than I love myself. But in a perfect world, I would be with somebody else And I wanna know, who can love you like I love you, baby Never thought that I would ever see that Insecurities They're the reason I was down so long I'm hoping that you're hearing me Or do I need a microphone? Honestly, I'm not ashamed Baby, who are we to blame? With you, my love, it's all the same
song just puts into perspective so many of these like common feelings that I'm having just reiterated to me through these firsthand accounts of people who have been with other people who have just been really um, rude, mean, you know, disrespectful to them in loving relationships. But I really think that those lyrics when she says, I pack my bags, but never leave because it's so hard to walk away. You know, I love you, girl, maybe more than I love myself. But in a perfect world, I would be with somebody else. And it's like, I want y'all to know, you know, there is a perfect world out there for you. Being with that somebody else who makes you feel good and you don't have to put yourself through some kind of like torturous relationship because you think you're waiting on them to change. You're sitting there being like, oh, but I've put in so much time, so much effort into this person. It's just what Shan said, you know, you're always going to be putting that in. And meanwhile, all of the people who love and care about you and want you to thrive and be happy are just sitting here watching you, maybe advising you, but just sitting there like, I'm just waiting for you to realize that you're never going to get that reward, you know, for all of that payment you're putting in. You are never going to get that reward. You're just wasting your time. It's time to move on, you know, but it's just, it's very, very hard. I think once you like get farther down the line with people you know you've been years in the relationship with them and it just stacks up and you're like well what was all of this effort for and it's like for you to get that fucking experience you know <laughs> to have that experience of the love that you don't need of something that you don't deserve you know like you don't deserve to be treated that way you deserve to be treated with respect and kindness and true love baby you can find literally anybody else who would treat you like they are at the bare minimum you know they're showing you just the bare minimum skimming the surface of what some form of weird toxic love is and it's so easy to become addicted to that or tell yourself and in your mind you're like this is normal it's fine it's fine that we fight this much it's fine everybody fights right and it's like I, Finley and I, we don't fight. We don't have large, like, yelling fits at each other and do that whole thing. And I don't personally think it's normal that people in relationships tell me that they are screaming at their partners. Um, I don't think it's normal for you guys to not be on the same page or be scared to share things with each other. Um, And I'm not saying this in, like, a judgmental way, just like a, hey... I don't think that that's the love that you deserve kind of a thing. Like, you don't got to put up with it. You could find so, so much else. There is a lot of love to uncover in the world, okay? But now I'm going to go and read some of your personal accounts about stuff like this, um, situations that you guys have been in that you shared with me that I am happy to share with you listeners in hopes that it helps someone who is maybe in the same freaking boat. So this one individual said that their previous relationship was very one-sided. And at the time, they were so damaged by their other relationships that they had had in the past, and so was their partner. And so maybe it was kind of like, this is my personal opinion, but maybe it was kind of like a feeding off of each other kind of thing. And they said, I felt like I could save him, and I ended up putting his problems over mine. I would give him everything and get nothing in return. And the whole time, I thought I could change him or just help him in some way. This ultimately ended with him taking advantage of me because he wasn't 
wasn't ready for a relationship. Afterwards, I spent a few months with myself, and now I'm in a happy and healthy relationship. My lesson that I learned is that you can't depend on someone to heal you, and you can't put other people over your own well-being. I also learned that having your own issues is inevitable, whether you're independent or in a healthy relationship. It's important to vocalize what you're feeling and surround yourself with people that only want to see you grow and thrive. And oh boy, is that situation just so so common for people you know like being the savior to somebody I was actually talking about this in either my last podcast or maybe the episode right before it but just you know acting as if like you're gonna be the one person in the world to cure them and it's like in in that perfect world that you're making in your head that's just made up my dude like it's not <laughs> it's not going to happen the only healing thing for people is self-love self-reflection going to therapy like they need to seek that out you are not anybody's angel to come down from the heavens and scoop them up and save the day you know it's like you might want to be that for somebody but it's just not realistic so i'm so happy that this person kind of realized that and now moving on to another situation This person says that this was at age 20 when they had gotten into their first somewhat serious relationship. And then they just sent me bullet points. So maybe this is kind of like a list (laughs) for you guys to just kind of analyze. If you're in a relationship and you are like, is this toxic? I'm not really sure. First things first, if you're questioning it, I would probably say, yes, it is. (laughs) Um, Just because I feel like once you're shown healthy love, you're like, damn, this is not what I thought that love was when I was being treated like shit back in the day, you know? Like, I'm so happy that I'm receiving this now. Um, But maybe this list will give you some ideas of maybe some red flags when it comes to toxic relationships. So, he refused to validate my feelings or talk through anything. He started gaslighting me. I have to interject and say that that is such a common thing with toxic relationships, putting the blame on someone else saying, you're crazy, you're the one who's doing this. It's not me, it's you. But yeah, just saying that she was dramatic and trying to cause problems. So she would in turn convince herself that she was okay with no resolution to any of the issues that came up. I also found that to be very common in another gal's story to me, just saying like, I got so comfortable with never receiving apologies. Just being like, well, I guess we just moved on from that and forgot about it, right? (laughs) Um... After I gave up on resolving anything, he would go back telling me he loved me and showered me with compliments. Because of that, I had convinced myself that the good times outweighed the bad. This is such an important point for me. I really and truly let myself think this, and I think a lot of people get into that same mindset. I was the only one trying to make it work. I gave in to him every time, and because of that, he figured he didn't have to put in any effort. Each breakup was just him ignoring me until I figured it was over. It was exhausting, and to this day, I'm scared of expressing my feelings and can't communicate well in relationships. It goes to show the lasting effect toxic behavior can have on someone. I'm glad you're talking about this subject. I learned so much from going through it and hope, and if any of your listeners are going through the same thing, they can find strength to move on from it in the safest way possible. And then she said, I didn't note how I finally left. In all honesty, after one of the breakups where he ghosted me, a few months later, I met someone who treated me like a human, and I finally realized how messed up it all was. I wish I could say I found the strength all on my own, but I'm also so happy that someone finally showed me how a relationship should be. And oh boy, is that the case for a lot of people? Like, you get shown the light, and then you're like, oh damn, wow, How did I not realize this while I was in it? But it's because it was so hard. It's so hard when you're in it to identify, this is such an issue and I should leave. But if everybody in your life is telling you or anybody that you express these things to, if you ever, you know, do express it, because I feel like a lot of people will like, paint this pretty picture online of just how perfect their relationship is and then behind the curtain it's like really shit and they're kind of embarrassed and they don't want to tell their loved ones that they're actually not happy with this individual. So it becomes easier for them to ignore it, to push it aside, to do what she said, to have the good outweigh the bad, ignore it, ignore it, repress, repress, 
move on from it. So what if you don't get apologies from this person? You know, we can move on. It'll be better because it was a lot of times what I see reflected across a lot of these stories that people have sent me as well that I'll continue reading in a second is just the fact that it was good at the beginning. They had that initial love flooding, I think is what Shan Boudram calls it, is like they trap you with that initial, oh my God, I'm showering you. I'm showering you in all of this love because they want you to stick around to not be scared to run the other direction and then once they have you they're like okay well now I can fuck off I can stop respecting them I can treat them how I wanted to treat them this whole time which was just spotty and not as responsive and always leave them wanting more that kind of a mindset just truly traps people in this addiction this cycle of just okay they're the only ones who will ever give me that fix that love fix. And that's why I have said this before on the podcast, but so many songs are written when people are talking about addiction. They use the metaphor of the loved one. You know, I'm in love with this person. Sometimes they name it and they'll write love songs to a person, but it's really about a drug. And that's why people are like, yeah, love is a fucking drug. It can definitely affect people in these bad ways and become really just habitual, addictive, and just toxic, truly. And I want to say, because I, I had a situation with a friend recently who was telling me about a partner. And I actually mentioned this situation in episode 65 on therapy and mental illness. But just the fact that um, this person's partner really wanted that like loud display of affection, like that shit that you see in the movies, you know, like I want you to fucking just like fight for me, you know, and like really, really wanting just some kind of huge display for them because that's what they had been, you know, conditioned to believe that love was. And so people just get so addicted to kind of like seeking that out or thinking it's like a normal thing that everybody is going to want. And it only kind of just furthers this strange idea that people have that love is supposed to be like so up and down and hard and you know you should fight for me and like all of this stuff. But we just walk the line there on when is that okay and when is that real love and desire and like a cool feeling to feel compared to oh my god no like I don't want to like physically fight for you and I don't want to scream at you about how much I love you like it should just be good for us to be here at this level where we understand each other and can communicate our feelings carefully and consciously, you know? Oh, but I'm on a tangent now. I'm going to go back to reading some of your responses and such. And I had someone reach out and basically just give me like a collection of warning signs that maybe were ignored at first or brushed off just at the beginning, you know, when you're like falling in love and you notice these things and you're like, hmm, no, that'll change, or I'm just being too picky, but they keep showing up and you're like, no, I've just been fucking brushing it under the rug. Um, But I just want to read these so you can see how much it uh, just relates to the last situation that I just shared. So they said, warning sign number one is probably making excuses for the other person's actions or behaviors as a consistent regular thing. Oftentimes going beyond a reasonable thought process for how a person's behavior should be like really reaching to explain to yourself why this is totally fine they did what they did that kind of ties into allowing yourself to be okay with never receiving any form of apology from them noticing when it comes to things about yourself that they don't directly benefit from they are absolutely unavailable mentally physically and emotionally If you're having a bad day and your partner's immediate and only response is that they will leave you alone until you're feeling better, basically because they can't be inconvenienced by your life's workings. 
not ever attending things because it's your interest, but fully 100% expecting you to be their cheerleader in all of their activities and interests. Basically just not having efforts matched on a deeper level. Looking back and in the moment, those were the big things I thought this can't be right, but brushed off and made excuses for. And of course, that goes hand in hand with plenty of gaslighting. <laughs> and I just really, really appreciated that response because I thought it was very eloquent and kind of just from somebody on the other side of this being like, those were all of the things that I'm like, oh my God, wow, it just piles up, it piles up. And then one day you just freaking either explode or you walk away and explode in peace. <laughs> <laughs> but now this kind of introduces the topic of bad habits and a little bit what I was talking about earlier of just like forming that addiction to somebody. But some people are habitually attracted to the toxic person, the toxic individual who will just show you the world at first and then it gets, you know, a couple months down the line and then you're like, oh my God, this has completely changed. This individual is not the person that I thought they were, but I'm too far in. And I just want to say to that person, you're never too far in to leave for your own well-being and mental health. If somebody is emotionally abusing you or even physically abusing you, you need to leave. You need to find the strength in yourself to get up and walk away and say, I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. I'm not going to just keep brushing this under the rug. I don't think that people who are getting abused by their partners should be putting up with that and just brushing it off like they're going to change. One day they're gonna stop punching me. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't want you to have to sit there and wait for the day. Okay. You should just go get help. You should tell a friend and say, Hey, I need to get out of this. Can I stay at yours for a little bit? This is what I'm going through right now, you know, and cutting the cord with that person as much as you might be addicted to them might be hard, but hell yes, it'll be worth it in the long run for you to find the love that you deserve. So that's my little tangent on that. But I wanted to say that once you're out of something like this, it's so easy to just fall back into it with another person because you're used to, especially if it's your first love who is hurting you, abusing you in, you know, whatever way it might be. It's very easy for you to just, you know, categorize that as normal and continue to seek that in your romantic relationships. So please do not do that. I hope that somebody comes into your life and shows you how you can be treated with respect and true love. I really, really wish that for every single person listening to this podcast. And I want to play a song for you guys by Janae Iko, where she's kind of going into her own psyche and talking about reverting back to the same bad habits that have set her back time and time again. And um, she said this on Twitter, but she realized that instead of running away from her emotions, she needed to sit with them, express herself, and say whatever came to mind. And it was healing to say the least. So now she feels a bit more free after making this song. It's called Triggered. It's like a little freestyle. And I just love Janae. I love her. Oh, her thought to do this was just like, Yes, please encapsulate that feeling for us. Break it down. Don't go back to the same bad habits. This completely gets it. So I hope you enjoy. Love the song. Fuck around and go crazy on cuz Might fuck around, have to pay me in blood 
This ain't the way that you want it Might catch a case in this bitch Don't let me catch you face to face in this bitch Trying my hardest not to disrespect you After what you did, man, what you expected You motherfucker, um You motherfucking right You motherfucking right, I'm bitter You motherfucking right, I'm triggered You motherfucking right, I'm Trying to let the time fly Cause when I get mad, I get big mad Should've never did that, get back About to feel the wrath of a menace in my back And my feelings, I'm a bad little bitch, you know I'm triggered when I see your face Triggered when I hear your name Triggered, I am not okay uh, You need to stay out my way Triggered when I see your face Triggered when I hear your name Triggered, I am not okay uh, You need to stay out of my way She says so much in that song, but I really, really love her opening verse saying, go figure, you were the trigger. And just basically saying like, who am I kidding? I knew this from the beginning. You'd ruin everything. You do it every time, (laughs) every damn time, uh, again and again. As I get older, I think I understand more and more that it's very hard for people to change. And if they are set in their ways, this is just the person that they are. I am not going to sit around and wait for them to change. I just recognize, hey, if that annoys me, this part about this person doesn't serve me. I just go the other direction. And I also really admire in this song that she acknowledges her own faults of sorts. She's like, when I get mad, I get big mad. I should have never did that. (laughs) And I think that she just wants to get everything out there being like, this is something that I regret. I don't want to fall back into this fucking pattern because it's way too easy to do so. But um, we all need something better. You know, we all need our best love in this life. I really want that for you, okay? And I don't think that anybody should just like live their life settling, just continuing that settling process where you're just like, meh, okay, yes, this is fine. Like that's why people get divorced later in life because they get way too far in, you know? And then they're like, oh my God, wait. (laughs) Well, obviously it's not why every divorce happens, but a lot of them just like, yo, you've always been this way. I don't know why I ignored it for so long. So getting divorced later in life, then you're like, oh my God, now I feel like after so many kids and a marriage and like we did all these things together, I feel like I'm starting over and I'm in like my 40s or 50s, you know? I'm just saying this as like a hypothetical situation, but like I truly don't think that it's ever too late to get up and walk away or start over. And I just think that it's a weak ass excuse to do to yourself to sit there and just put up with some bullshit when you don't need it. Um, But obviously I'm just being a broken record right now. But I really wanted to talk about abusive relationships um, that are really, really narcissistic, manipulative, all things bad in the world. Oh my gosh. And sometimes, especially with diagnosed psychopaths and sociopaths, they paint the image for you of something that is so beautiful, this great person, everything that you want them to be, they will become that for you. They will morph into the ideal partner for you. And so that is why 
you know, love can be scary, like putting yourself out on the line for stuff like this and not realizing that maybe this type of person is going to be out there. I really, really would suggest if you think that you are in a relationship with a psychopath to watch Paulina Baragova's video on YouTube called My Relationship with a Psychopath. And it's an hour long, but I watched it and I really felt like everybody who is in this scenario has all of the resources and firsthand account story and all of the understanding from her. Like she gets it, you know? She described all of the things that she had to put up with and go through. And she linked multiple articles like red flags of psychopaths, narcissists, and more. And the kind of relationship cycle that all psychopaths and narcissists go into, which is the idealized phase, the devalue phase, and then discard and throw it away, erase it, act like it never happened and start over with somebody else. So it's just a lot of information on how psychopaths like navigate intimate relationships in that description box and what to look out for and why they're difficult to spot too and how it's just the same shit over and over again for them. Um, But once you have like gone through it, you're like, God damn, I have been through some shit and I cannot believe that I would have experienced that. Like she was breakdown crying in multiple parts of the video being like, I would have never seen this coming for myself. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And I'm just out here like to warn you guys and tell you that this type of person exists. And all of the comments, like the top comments are just like, wow, this sounds so similar to my ex. I'm so sorry. And also there was a lot of um, commentary because she's a YouTuber, you know, she was sharing her life and she was documenting these phases of like change changing major things about herself, like cutting her hair, changing her style, changing, you know, just everything from her nails to friends and all of that stuff. Like people were disappearing out of her life. She was obviously getting very isolated because of her partner. And um, a lot of people were like, it was clear to see you're going to get better though and fully heal from this. So I just am sending her so much love for this video. I really think that it would help a lot of people. So if you're in a situation to that severity, where, you know, you think that you're dating somebody who is maybe like, obviously they're not going to tell you they're a psychopath, but if they have all of the warning signs and you really are starting to believe that, definitely go and watch this video. I think it is fantastic. And while we are on the topic of just, you know, videos to watch, Shan Booty also has a video called How I Left My Toxic Relationship that I was watching right before this. And she was just kind of having a sit down conversation with herself on both sides of the screen, um, talking to herself like she was opening up to a therapist or a friend just about all of the things that just piled up and how she ended up leaving in the end with her toxic relationship. So there's definitely tons of resources out there on the internet for you to go and dive into if you are looking for other just people to reiterate for you that you can do it. But I hope that this podcast really reiterates to you that you can do it, okay? And I really want to stress the importance of letting a therapist know or letting a loved one know that you are experiencing this so that you have somebody to rely on when it comes to like make sure that you trust that individual with this information and they're not just gonna like tell it to the whole school or some shit obviously um but just a loved one that you can go to and maybe find shelter in to get out of a very abusive situation because I have not been in a situation like that where I'm being physically abused with this person that I thought loved me you know and um kind of just brushing that level of it off when I'm trying to hide bruises. I think that Big Little Lies, I know that's a fucking TV show, but I think it really paints the picture well of how that toxic cycle will continue to trickle on with characters like Celeste. And it just shows that intimacy that they share in thriving off of their abuse, which is a mindset that I don't personally understand, you know, being attracted to the like, abuse and pain of it all um, because I'm not into BDSM, but obviously there is like a, a line, a fine line that walks with consent. Like, is this okay? Or are you shaming me into fucking you because you're hurting me and some part of me likes it, you know? Um, I think that there's obviously healthy ways to go about like BDSM in sexual relationships, but if they're hurting you 
outside of the bedroom without your consent. That is just, ooh, red flag. I'm waving it. I'm waving it. Okay. You got to tell someone and you got to run the fuck away. And there's helplines you can call people to talk to. Definitely go see a therapist and work through that stuff. Work through it to heal it. Okay. Because I do not want anybody to have to sit and experience that. And I have to say, I don't completely understand because I've never been with a physically abusive partner, but I did not realize how common that is for men to just be out here beating up their partners, you know? Um, And obviously just any gender, but still, like, I did not know how common it was until I heard about friends who had been through the same situations or had been with a boyfriend who shoved them when they were drunk. And even though they told him, don't do that again, he continued to do so. And it's just so insanely common, like I said earlier, just to paint this like picture online of, hey, our life is so great together. Look at all of these photos of us. But then behind the scenes, he's beating her up. And for me to learn that about friends is like, holy fuck, how can I go in and save them? How can I help them from this situation and like tell them that it's okay and they don't need to be living with a person who does that to them? But it's like, you cannot just step in and like throw your advice at somebody who does not want it. At the end of the day, they're going to reach a point of breaking, you know, to where it's their rock bottom and they realize and they leave. And like I said, I just aim for this episode to maybe be when some people realize, yo, I don't have to put up with this anymore. But now I'm going to play another song by my friend Drew, Drew Mac. He spells his artist name D-R-U-M-A-Q. And he just released a new single called Take Out. And it is absolutely magnificent. I love it so much I had to sing about it. But seriously, my friend Drew is just so good at songwriting and putting into words this experience. And when I heard this, I was like, holy fuck. I know what podcast I'm playing this song on my toxic relationships episode, because being friends with Drew, I know the individual that this song was about. And, you know, like being in his life back then, I just remember being like, you don't deserve this. Please move on. But he would keep going back. And the song is really just about knowing that, that this person he's seeing is a piece of shit, but for some reason he just kept going back. And he tweeted and was like, my manager and I went back and forth for months on what to call this song because it never really had an obvious title, but sometimes ordering takeout with your mans just about sums up the tiny sliver of beauty in a toxic shit show of a relationship. (laughs) So I personally feel like the title of this song is just showing like, how the bare minimum, like ordering and takeout with your mans, you know, is like so happy and cute. But in reality, like that's just the bare minimum. Like he was doing the least and Drew knows now that he deserves so much better. So the song's just about all of that. And I hope you enjoy. It's magnificent. Say I'm to blame, I said, baby, what's the difference? Nothing ever changed, how you saying that you're different? Been a minute, now you're saying that you missed this. So we run it back again. Said you got a house in the bank for the weekend. You say you in love, cause you think that I believe it. You trying to fuck, you ain't trying to get your feeling. And I fall for it again. Maybe I'm just lonely Or maybe I'm just tripping It's the dick Or maybe it's the drugs kicking in Maybe it's the drugs kicking in It's always the same love If it's different, it's all in my head I do the one thing I know I'll regret Cause when it comes to you I'll take what I can get If this is the same love No, I don't care Question. Is it only me? Cause I see him up in your mentions. Just be real, I can deal with the rejection. So we run it back again. Push me to the side, got me craving your attention. I ain't stopping soon till I get some more affection. I ain't mad, 
Let's just pick up where we left it Oh, no, no Maybe I'm just lonely Or maybe I'm just tripping It's the dick Or maybe it's the drugs kicking in Maybe it's the drugs kicking in It's always the same love If it's different, it's all in my head I do the one thing I know I'll regret Cause when it comes to you I'll take what I can get If this is the same love No, I don't care, I do it again Yeah, I know you, I know you forget But when it comes to you I take what I can get Okay, for real, all of that song definitely encapsulates his feelings in that relationship, but I love in verse two how he's like, so we run it back again, push me to the side, got me craving your attention, I ain't stopping soon till I get some more affection, I ain't mad, let's just pick up where we left it. Like that going back, going back, and in the pre-chorus he starts like questioning himself, like maybe I'm just lonely, or maybe I'm just tripping, it's the dick. <laughs> Oh, dick makes you do some crazy things, my friends, right? Um, but the chorus is truly like what I have stuck in my head. And I think that it's just so beautiful. Him saying it's always the same love. If it's different, it's all in my head. I do the one thing I know I'll regret because when it comes to you, I'll take what I can get. And that is so it. I am punching my fist to my damn desk in understanding because you truly make up in your head like, oh no, it's going to be different that time. It's just all in your head, baby. You're just going to keep going back and regretting it over and over again. That toxic cycle, my friends. But yeah, shout out to Drew for being so transparent and beautiful with his lyrics. I love him so much. And if you're listening, Drew, I love you. One love. <laughs> um, but now I want to play another song by Hosier. This song is called Cherry Wine, and it was sent to me excessively on Twitter when I asked for songs about toxic relationships. And when I went to the lyric page on Genius for this song, it basically in the about section says that the song details an emotionally and physically abusive relationship that is excused and lovingly described by the victim because of his attachment to his abuser. The tone of the song and poetry of the lyrics make the song sound like a pure love song despite its more sinister meaning. And that part right there, the tone of the song and the poetry of the lyrics make it just seem so good, but it's actually so bad. And that is how I feel about painting relationships online like they're so fucking perfect when actually it's not, you know? It's like the real meaning of this song is so sad. I just think that the lyrics that he says in this of the way she shows me I'm hers and she is mine, open hand or closed fist would be fine. The blood is rare and sweet as cherry wine. That is like hauntingly beautiful poetry, but also so sad. Like either we got open hands, we're going into this open heart or closed fist because you're punching me behind the scenes. So fuck. I just think this was a good song to include, so I'm just gonna play it for you. I hope you enjoy. Looks ugly. 
tells me I'm hers and she is mine. Open hand or closed fist would be fine. that that song just truly encapsulates the like romanticizing of up and down relationships to the point where even when it gets physical and they're hurting you and it's so actually bad that you will continue to brush it aside or you know just make poetry of it when you're like oh my god no this is not what I need to be doing but in summary for this podcast I just want anybody out there who is in a situation to where they're hurting themselves by being in that relationship, uh, I really encourage you to leave. If you don't feel like you are allowed to be your best self in this relationship and that the person is not going to ever understand that, they're not going to change, they're going to keep hurting you or hitting you or whatever they might be doing, I really encourage you to tell someone, get out of the relationship safely, and move on to live your best life because I truly see that for you, okay? We can all find beautiful love in this life and you don't need to settle for bad love. But if you like songs about bad love, I mean, that's not terrible. These people get it. They have been through it. They're writing songs about it now or singing songs about it now that somebody else wrote. And I compiled a extended playlist on bad love that I basically compiled after getting all of these suggestions for songs to play in this specific episode about toxic relationships. Um, but I'm going to put it on my Spotify. The 
title of the playlist is just bad love and it's going to be a lot of tunes because people write about this shit a lot my dudes it's kind of crazy like i'm realizing how many songs are actually about toxic people like dear john by taylor swift or writer in the dark by lord i'm pretty hesitant to play those two artists because their labels just go out for copyright so much more than others so i'm hesitant to play them but they will be on that playlist and what else um speaking of making bigger playlists for you guys I'm thinking of starting a patreon for this podcast because I don't know how many of you know this but I don't get paid to do this like it's fully just a passion project but I spend hours on these episodes and so I'm going to start up a patreon and release it in like the next episode of this for you guys but I'm thinking that some of the stuff I'm going to offer on there is like extended playlists of stuff that I maybe just didn't have the time to play on the podcast or or wanted to curate a little bit more and continue. So I'm going to be releasing them on there or maybe just like outtakes from videos or extra footage from videos that I wouldn't have uploaded onto my YouTube channel, but you can find there. And then like poetry and short stories and writing of sorts. So that's what right now I think I would put on a Patreon, but you know, let me know what you would want if I started one, what you would want to see and receive from me. Okay, Um, but that was a separate side note. In conclusion, just thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope it helps some of you out there or made you feel less alone. Please go and watch the videos and listen to, you know, those resources I provided in this because there is a lot out there to delve into. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a little like, a little repost on SoundCloud for me and share this episode to your Instagram story or with people around you who might need to hear it. If you're listening on, you know, Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening, I hope you enjoyed it. I wish you a happy love and a happy life. Have a great rest of your day. Peace out.